Hello and welcome to the After Dinner Podcast. My name is Rick Sweet, and this is the podcast extension for ROI show number 522. Our guest today is Professor Neil Hamilton, author and retired director of the Agricultural Law Center at Drake University, who will be talking with us about his book, The Land Remains, A Midwestern Perspective on Our Past and Future. The history buff joining me today is Ed Broders. Ed, will you start us off again? Sure, Rick. Um, Professor Hamilton, we live in a culture that is bent on consumption. And what you're arguing for with conservation, among other things, cuts pretty hard against that. And I, I I get stuck with a quote from Wendell Berry, um, that when you use things up, they're gone. So, so you're swimming upstream here in more than one way, but can you talk about, um, do we require a, a complete societal overhaul here? Well, and I don't think so, and I don't necessarily see, you know, consumption as being the major enemy. I mean, we certainly consume things, and consumption helps drive our economy. We consume food. Uh, One of the chapters in the book talks about kind of the good food and good farming uh, connection. I think uh, what we need to do is be more thoughtful in our consumption. And, uh, you know, one of the things I think the book really talks about is, I mean, we consume nature in many ways, but in ways that are kind of non consumptive or they don't necessarily use it up. You know, when I go out and visit Nahant Marsh, as I'm sure many of your listeners have, uh, it doesn't take anything away from it. And uh, the fact they've been able to expand it is a wonderful thing for, for your, uh, for your area. And so I like to think that given all the attention that the public is having been, subject to concerning climate change and the environment and water and water quality that uh, people realize that there's a role and a responsibility uh, that we all have in these uh, um, decisions. Um, so that's why, you know, and I, one of the points I'd like to make, and I'd be interested in you folks' reactions since you read the book, uh, as you know, it's in part narrated by the back 40, by a field on the farm I grew up on. Uh, and the idea there was it creates an opportunity to hear it in the voice of uh, the land rather than necessarily the people. You know, as Leopold says, when we talk about the land, we're typically not talking about the land. We're talking about the people on top of it. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I inscribe books to people, I often say, listen to the land is what I write in them. And the land's resilient. And anybody that owns land uh, that's been involved with it knows that the land has a way of, I think, communicating with it. If you can tell good land management from poor. Uh, and uh, and so I'm, I, I, I'm hopeful that uh, the book will, will let people who are owning land, or even, as I've said, we're all landowners in the public sense, think about the relationship to the land and what we can do for it and what it does for us. You mentioned some of the issues in our broadcast portion in, in terms of 
land management, the good stewardship. Mm-hmm. Could you could you give us a list of maybe two or three of the main issues uh, and or errors that we're facing here in Iowa in terms of how we manage uh, our land, including you know uh, sure. depletion, soil erosion, things like that. What what in your mind are sure. the main issues? Well, I don't think that we've ad- adequately come to grips with soil uh, erosion. Uh, that uh, our commitment to conservation uh, is kind of episodic and in some ways have drifted. Uh, We've created a culture where people uh, expect to be paid if they're going to do anything that has a public benefiting dimension to it, and that's unfortunate. Uh, We certainly seem to have wanted to keep our foot on the accelerator of all out uh, commodity production, and particularly uh, corn production. It's amazing to think that over half of Iowa's corn crop is now ground and used to produce ethanol. Uh, we used to talk about feeding the world. Now we like to talk about feeding and fueling the world. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure that the food or fuel debate issue and the economic benefits of ethanol have exactly been adequately weighed, and that may not change as as we go forward. And I think there's another issue that's kind of hidden in this, and it's a structural issue, and it deals with um, the economic vulnerability that comes along, uh, the the economic inequality and environmental vulnerability that comes along with farm tenancy. Uh, And we've had a significant increase in non-operator land ownership, we used to call absentee owners, and the uh, the corollary of that, uh, you know, increase in tenancy. And there's nothing inherently wrong with tenancy other than that you have to recognize that it changes uh, the nature of the relationship between uh, the person farming the land. It certainly changes the planning horizon. It reduces their incentive to invest in conservation. So I like to tell my students, uh, you know, there aren't very many of us that wish a rental car before we take it back. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, so, you know, that's an issue. You know, in the 1930s, you know, you're historians, uh, you know, the Roosevelt administration had the Farm Security Report. Uh, and in fact, Iowa's law that requires advance notice of termination for farm tendencies was a product of that period in the late 30s. And in that report, farm tenancy was not a favored status, right? The idea of land ownership was the ultimate goal as you worked your way up the ladder. But today, the reality is, of course, farm tenancy is a critical part of how we structure agriculture. It's how a lot of people are able to continue to own land that they can't farm it themselves. But there are impacts to it. And the, the, the I think, you can see in rural Iowa, certainly the parts of Iowa that I'm familiar with, an increase in income and wealth inequality, and much of that's tied to land and land ownership. One of the words I don't think I saw in the book was mm-hmm. feudalism. <laughs> and as one who spent most of my adult life as a small farmer, I felt that one of the most unjust things that I ever saw was the repeal of the inheritance tax. Uh, you know, there's an old saying that sure. nothing succeeds like inherited wealth. <laughs> but this took a bad situation. This this took a bad situation and made it worse. And for all sure. I can tell, now we've reverted to feudalism. 
Well, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, the the listener that might quibble with you is the you know, feudalism required uh, uh, someone to be a serf, right, working for someone else. And, and uh, the parallel that maybe you're making is the idea of, of uh, farm tenancy. But, uh, you know, we certainly have drifted away from the whole idea of the, the estate tax was to break up large wealth holdings and redistribute wealth in part, right, with money that the public received, which could fund things like beginning farmer loan programs and the Bankhead Jones Act, right, again, which was a product of, of the 1930s. I may not have mentioned feudalism, but you remember there's a chapter about Appalachia that comes out of the book Ramp Hollow, and I make the parallel about how the agriculture I grew up in, and, and maybe you as well, had kind of a subsistence agricultural quality to it, not unlike what you had in Appalachia before the coal and the forest and the timber industries came. And uh, when you put people into the mines and you kind of took away their access to the land, uh, you changed their relation, uh, both the industry and within society. And I think you can see a parallel that that's one of the things that may be happening in our changing agricultural structure. Neil, I guess I get the last question on this segment. Oh, good. In your mind, what is the future of Iowa's land? Well, you know, as I tell audiences, it's going to outlast us, right? I mean, we all want to live forever, but uh, here's a newsflash. None of us are going to. Uh, The land's resilient. Uh, and in many ways, how we leave it is in some ways the portrait of ourselves. And uh, and so I think for uh, some land, uh, the future's bright. Uh, for other land, uh, at least uh, the current owners uh, may not be as sympathetic to it. Uh, but uh, the land is going to outlive them. Uh, and so I'm certainly, I, I find hope in the land. And I find hope in... Uh, the opportunity that people who want to own land and protect it uh, find there as well. Well, we would like to thank our guest for this 522nd show, Professor Neil Hamilton, author and retired director of the Agricultural Law Center at Drake University, who talked with us about his book, The Land Remains, A Midwestern Perspective on Our Past and Future. The history buff for today's show was Ed Broders. ROI can be found at 9.30 p.m. Friday nights on KALA Radio or on the web at tunein.com. If you're looking for older programs, you'll find them at soundcloud.com. Just put KALA Radio, one word, in the search and click on the first icon and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. And you can also find us on ROI on all your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.